Welcome to day 44 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. Uh, we have Jacob safely back in the land after he has fleed from Esau uh, to the land of his uh, forefathers, uh, to his uh, father-in-law Laban. Uh, he has struggled with both man and God, and of course his name has been changed to Israel, which means to contend with God, which is kind of a interesting name for the nation as a whole, but they will be a nation much like uh, you know, much like the patriarchs who contend with God throughout their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have come to chapter 35. We've missed a really rough episode in chapter 34. And as, as we move through here, where uh, there's some disgrace among the family and some deceit among the family. And we move to a place where uh, the family renews its commitment to God uh, and they return to Bethel, which means uh, the house of God, which is a place where uh, Jacob first encountered uh, God. So we come to Genesis chapter 35 and we pick up the story there. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for the grace we find in your word. We thank you for the beauty of who you are. And we thank you for uh, how deeply you work to bring about your purposes. And we're reminded of and Paul's confident word to us that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love you and have been called according to your purposes. Uh, because you've foreknown us, you've called us, you've justified us. And Father, we thank you for how you work in the details of our life to bring us into an encounter with you uh, so that we may be transformed by you. And that's our prayer as we turn to your word, that we would see your face and be changed uh, by your presence in us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Genesis 35, then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to the household and to all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods that you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them, so that no one pursued them. Jacob and all the people with him came to Laz, that is Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar, and he called the place Hell Bethel, because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak tree outside of Bethel, so it was named Alon Bakath. After Jacob returned from Potamaram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in numbers. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and to Isaac I also to give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone pillar at the place where God had talked with him, and he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel. Then they moved from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Aphtharth, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. As she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't don't despair, if you have another son. And she breathed her last, for she was dying. She named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Ben-Yamin, or Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrathah, that is Bethlehem. 
over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Billah, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had 12 sons, the sons of Leah, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel, servant Billah, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's servant, Zilpah, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Paddan Aram. Jacob came home to his father Isaac and Mamre near Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years. Then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. And we probably should say that if you're using our reading plan or using uh, you know, the app that we've uh, inadvertently left out those last two verses, but it brings us to a to a key moment uh, where uh, Jacob has been reunited with his father, and in being reunited with his father, his father uh, is, is is buried, and uh, the story picks up from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An interesting chapter. I mean, it begins you know with God telling Jacob go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar. You know, we we've seen Jacob at Bethel before. We've seen lots of altars, but I think it's fascinating. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know if I've caught this before, but just reading it through and, and noticing the the first two deaths, you have now Deborah, Re- Rebecca's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside Bethel. But right before that, we watched something else be buried under mm-hmm. the oak. You know, mm-hmm. and you're watching these false gods, and some you know God's telling them put to death the gods that that you serve that are, are false gods, and you're watching kind of two deaths happen. Um, it's almost like two funerals, you know, where yeah. the for the people of God to to be faithful to Him, we must continue to put to death those idols in our life. Um, you know, yeah. to have funerals for them. And of course, <laughs> in a you know, in the episode we did not read, uh, you know, Shechem, uh, and the man after whom this village you know is named or the city is named has taken Dinah, you know, the sister uh, of, of of all these brothers, and has you know, has had sex with her and desires to have her. Is his wife and uh, the sons say only on the condition that you're all circumcised. And as they're recovering from circumcision, they wipe out the entire city. So uh, God is saying, "Let's move from here. I'll offer you protection and set the fear of the Lord in you." So that's you know part of what is happening. You're going to hear of that event, uh, you know, in the end, uh, whenever uh, Jacob blesses his sons mm-hmm. about the impetuousness of his sons and the anger of his sons. Mm. I feel like we see. Jacob leading his family spiritually for one of the first times um, when he he himself doesn't just go up um, to build the altar but he takes his entire family and he has them bury the household gods um, I don't I just felt like that was one of the first times we've seen him like spiritually lead them um, to rid themselves of all the foreign gods that they had um, so I thought that was an interesting side note I guess we see continued growth in him. And, and obviously he was not, um, you know, not leading very well in chapter 34 in this event, you know, mm-hmm. with the people, uh, you know, of, of the, you know, of Shechem. And, and of course, we're going to see him from here on out not leading very well uh, as well. Uh, this is, uh, you know, one of the interesting things we see, and we're always a little bit surprised that we see it, is we see 
foreign gods from among the people of Israel, mm-hmm. you know, as a part of it. And of course, it goes back probably to the event where, you know, whenever Rachel's fleeing, she has stolen, mm-hmm. you know, the household gods of her father. So she is coming from, you know, from a, a background of idolatry and worshiping many gods or polytheism. And of course, there were others among them also kind of wondering in, the, in this particular event if she didn't for the first time produce those household <laughs> gods and Jacob said so there they are uh, you know looking at that but it's always a little bit you know disturbing to see us uh, see Israel and interestingly enough in the same place you're going to see a renewal of the covenant in the time of Joshua whenever mm-hmm. uh, the children of Israel you know come into the land and the same thing is going to happen. They're going to get rid of all of their household gods that they have brought with them out of mm-hmm. Egypt and bury them in Shechem. So it's kind of, uh, kind of an, interesting, mm-hmm. an interesting movement before they move into the land. And this is before they move into Bethel, mm-hmm. you know, as well. well. I think it is cool that even on the hills of removing all the gods and, of course, burying them, um, God has changed his name from Jacob to Israel. But then he's also, it sounds like, in verses 11 through 13, sort of re-emphasizing or maybe re-establishing, I don't know which way you would say that, just the covenant has covenant language in it, which is the being fruitful and nation, a community of nations. And so, I mean, this is huge right here, I would say. Yeah, if you're only seeing sort of there, <laughs> you're not reading the text. I was trying to be full, humble it, about it, that. It, 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 <laughs> it's very because big. Because <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, this is more, you know, more than subtle. You do see the renewal, you know, of the covenant, you know, established, you know, with, you know, with Abraham. And you see some of the major promises that there will be, uh, you know, a, a nation and a community of nations, yeah. you know, coming from you and kings, mm-hmm. you know, coming from you. Uh, the land, you know, that I will give you. Uh, the call, you know, to be fruitful and multiply, of course, mm-hmm. goes all the way back to, uh, you know, the creation mandate. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. something that's, you know, was told to Abraham that uh, you will become, you know, a mighty nation and you will become a people. And, and so you see all of those, and, and so you see God developing and keeping His promises and moving His covenant. And again, you see Him doing it as we will see all throughout, you know, Scripture, using very imperfect vessels to mm-hmm. move forward His His purposes. Mm-hmm. And it's a you know it's a reminder too, you know, that the same thing that Paul would say in the New Testament. We have this great treasure, mm-hmm. which is the presence of God and His promises and the hope that He gives us in, in jars of clay. We're, we're fragile and easily easily broken but mm-hmm. God's promises uh, you know are a great treasure you know to us yeah yeah which make I mean knowing that <laughs> it makes um, verse what 22 make I mean seem a little less random which is that Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine Bilhah and Israel heard of it and that's just the end of that which yeah. just seems just such a passing thing and such a big deal but um said in in such a quick way but it's just like i feel like a reminder that these people aren't perfect and they they're messing up left and right but god's continuing to like stay true to his covenant promises yeah um, and, and it's mm-hmm. not uh, just that that's going to be a part of the storyline moving mm-hmm. forward uh, you're going to see in the big day reuben was you know in mm-hmm. a sense uh, you know, Reuben was the firstborn, and, and there was a sense of entitlement, you know, that went with it. And you see him taking possession of 
uh, you know, of, of all that, you know, Jacob had in a, in a way that's, you know, obviously, you know, not part of the heart of God, but uh, he's kind of making a move to take possession of the things that belong to his father, and it will cost him everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will cost him his relationship with the father, and it will uh, cost him the future rights of, of the firstborn. And mm-hmm. so you'll see as the story kind of develops, the favor of the firstborn uh, goes to Joseph. And uh, that, so you'll see that's where the story is. And you're going to see Joseph in royal language. He's not God's choice. God's choice will be Judah. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, Jacob's choice will be Joseph. Mm-hmm. Well, even you know, this chapter and the chapter that we've, we've passed over, I mean, show us why the first three sons you know, get skipped over, especially when we come to those blessings and curses later that, you know, um, that um, we're going to see from Israel. You know, to his sons, the first three. I mean, it, they're gonna. It's gonna refer to these moments, and and this moment that just seems like a verse. You know, where Reuben does something, and mm-hmm. you know, we get no comment. That who I can't remember. I had a professor one time tell me that the Bible not only tells us records events for us, but it also tells us how to process those events at times too. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those moments where it, it provides the the details for us and later it's going to tell us how to interpret that detail you know it may not give it right. to us right here mm-hmm. and all the full implications but we're gonna we're gonna see it uh, anything like that that you feel you know uh, kind of feels like a one and out uh, is usually is not yeah. it is part of a you know and uh, people who heard you know first century you know not first century you know this is what ninth century bc <laughs> uh people who heard these stories mm-hmm. they would go ah you know, mm-hmm. the, the, there's a reason that's you know, the, there's a reason that's in the story, mm-hmm. and and of course you know chapter 34 is part of it is these guys take vengeance in their own hand and, and compromise the family, and as Reuben even makes this move to take possession of all that belongs to his father in the most offensive in a kind of way possible, mm-hmm. um, and, and what he's doing here it will be it will be part of the storyline, and you talk about nursing a grudge. <laughs> Yeah. On his deathbed, this is something that um, and Jacob is going to remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Katie, why don't you close us with a word of prayer on sure. that high note? There. <laughs> <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for being a God who always remembers his people, always remembers his promises, and reminds us of who you are. Reminds us of the covenant that you've made. Um, we need those reminders, Lord. You know that, and so thank you, thank you for being so gracious, so um, loving that you move towards us in love, not because we've earned your love, but because um, you love us and you're a good father. Um, so thank you for these, not just stories on a page but for these things that actually took place and that we have them recorded and we can see um, your work in your people and how the implications that it has for us today that you are a covenant God and that you've given us a lasting covenant in Jesus um, that we can rejoice in that we can um, celebrate in and that gives us hope um, for for the present and hope for the future So thank you, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.